Welcome back to Forgotten Heroes, everybody. My name is Chris. I am here with my good friend, Zach, and we are here to discuss everything comics today. So, last week, we discussed Kang the Conqueror. A uh, bit of a headache, being that he is a being that exists in time and throughout time, all at the same time. He's consistently trying to fight himself and sort of, you know... Uh, continue his own goals while at the same time fight his own goals and there's just there's so much Kang all over the place so we figured for this episode for this week we would just kind of have a free willing discussion about some of the bigger picture stuff in Marvel DC and sort of talk about you know maybe throw in some stuff about the MCU what we're excited about you know if any specific issues come up we can do recommendations for that um, but we wanted to kind of take a little break, not only for ourselves, but for you guys, because we figured, you know, after an episode like Kang, that's kind of a lot to handle. And honestly, yep. I, I, I don't think we've done, this is the first time we've done an episode like this, where it's just like kind of an open discussion, right? Yeah, just an open discussion, no real, uh, you know, topics, just kind of talking about everything and anything we want. Well, I said not everything, but, you know, anything we want. And even, you know, basically, if anybody has listened to either me or Chris talk just about comic books, sometimes we get, we you know, we can go off on a tangent about something, but it usually was a connected thread of what started us down in the first place. So this is, we're, we're not going to go on too big a tangents, but we're definitely going to talk about some big stuff, you know, no, no specific characters. Maybe how certain some characters have interacted with these beings, um, you know, things, you know, things that are, they don't just take place in a planet or a galaxy. They take place, they're they're so big that it, um, you know, everything everything pales in comparison or it wouldn't exist without them. So, I think, and it just dawned on me, perfect example, and I'm sure we've mentioned them before. Definitely in our part one of Symbiotes with uh, mm-hmm. talking about Null, uh, the Celestials. Yeah, yeah Null, Null has, a, has, a, has a good deal of uh, involvement with the Celestials, if you could I, call it that, I guess. I'd say fucking, he freaking killed one the first time <laughs> he met them. Yeah. So if you don't know what the Celestials are, uh, if, any, if you remember seeing Guardians 1... There was that scene where the collector was showing at Guardians the birth of the Infinity Stones and that big giant metal thing that took the Power Stone and like destroyed a planet in that little hologram video feed thing. That's a Celestial. They typically didn't really use the Power Stones um, because they're beings of just pure energy. And in the comics, they've existed since the first universe. And yes, I did say first because so it's in a way it's like the first, the first. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's the first universe. It was like before everything. There was just the one universe. Yeah, you know? where every everybody would interact and everybody had their origin story and not even that. Stuff. Like before all of that, I would say well, yeah. Based on the story, which is in the the Ultimates, uh, I think it's like all new, all different Marvel, like that era, because there's Ultimates of Earth 1610, and then there's the Ultimates of 616. But they, so the first universe made the Celestials, and yeah, and you know that universe parent died, quote unquote. It technically didn't. How else would we know the story? Mm-hmm. It just exists in the background of the ether. They move. They kept moving into the new, into the next universe. So it was like there's a universe where magic was in, was created. There's a universe where the science really started. You know, it's a whole big like cosmic level, big picture kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, in a way, I would say in a way like an excuse for for a slow writer <laughs> to be telling the story that that you're reading this in. And I, yep. I can't blame them. The Celestials are a really good narrative point. I think that's a very good point to bring up, especially because yeah, more often than not, they're like the be-all, end-all. Um, and if you're still confused about sort of like the age of the Celestials, I can give you sort of a good bookmark here. Um, they're older than the Asgardians, you know, and the Asgardians they're... are physically 
gods type thing. So there's like Celestials, and then there's Asgardians, and I think above the Celestials you could call the Creators, which were like Jack Kirby and like Stan Lee. Even like those even are... lower than that, I would say even lower than. So <laughs> you went giant picture. You went like <laughs> you, yeah. I don't know what you you went, I went macrocosm you went, there. <laughs> yes, you went building a mural. We're talking. Yeah. I'm trying to go back, come back and down to like. I'm doing you know, a timeline for fourth graders. Yeah. This is how we're going to organize it. Yeah. <laughs> you went to the museum as a whole. I'm like, no, we got to go into the museum and pick certain things. You read the pamphlet. Stop picking your nose. Pay attention. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. But so the celestials, I'm just trying to like, you know, let's give a picture. So Earth, you know, the Earth, solar system, galaxy, universe, way. The celestials all exist in – I wouldn't say they're multiversal things, but each universe has celestials. Um, I'm not sure if they're all the same or if they're all different because, again, from the ultimate story, one of these versions of eternity of eternity, who is the manifestate, physical manifestation of everything, of the universe or the multiverse, depending on how you want to view it, you know, he – or I should be really be saying it, you know, before before eternity, there were other versions of him that, like, in a way, you could say his his ancestors or its ancestors. He eternity has been, I think, the sixth, the the sixth, the seventh, and the ninth version of the universe or the multiverse. I know, I know, I skipped eight. Eight was Doctor Doom because of. Secret yeah. Wars. So we skipped yeah. that. That that's like we actually that covered happened. that in our Doctor Doom episode too. So yes, and then if you ever see a picture of Eternity, he it just it. I'm just gonna start saying he because it, well, it doesn't matter. He looks. He's just a person, you know, with a cape. Because everybody's mm. everybody's everybody's gotta be cool and have a cape that's yep. made out of just stars and like the void. Uh, when Doctor Doom was everything, it was just that one little. It was kind of one star in a whole body of blackness, you know, of darkness. Yeah. yeah. And yes, around it, around eternity is just a void of nothingness. But whatever. But it, and eternity has interacted with you know beings before. But what's funny is above eternity, because again, it, depending on if you want to view him as just the universe, not the multiverse. Is and I think we've mentioned it. You know, it's the Living Tribunal, and he's the judge of the multiverse. If a universe is not going the way it should be going, or like let's say a universe is too off balance, there's too much magic, or um, there's too much science. Maybe I'm just trying to play devil's advocate there. If something, if some universe is not doing the right thing, if a universe is bleeding into another one, let's say. The Liberty Tribunal will come in and just judge that universe. Like, should this still exist? Yes. Mm. Okay. No. Get rid of it. He doesn't. He barely interacts with anybody else. Like, like, and the only person he really listens to is the one above all, who is, you know, Jack Kirby, Stanley, the writer, God, however you want to view it, the one who created everything, you know, and uh the living tribunal is stupid powerful obviously he's the judge oh, yeah. of he's the judge of god basically it's like pretty much yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it like he makes galactus look like an infant like an ant yeah yeah he's he, to him galactus is an ant it's like all right look you're being made out of energy and you eat planets what do you freaking do yeah, he's <laughs> like, like eat I, the right planets otherwise i'll kill you Type thing. <laughs> like not literally. Even, not, well, not even that. He barely. Do, he doesn't even care. It's like, oh, he ate. Or he's gonna go eat Earth. All right, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. He doesn't. Yeah, he I just not, really give shits. Yeah, it's, it's not my job. Not my. Not my. Really. <laughs> not That's, my job. It's, it's that. It's that Earth problem. Speaking of Galactus, because I want to speak to, speak about him, because I'm pretty sure, and I hope they put him in the multi, in the MCU. That would be fantastic. I'm interested to see who they would cast as Galactus. Honestly, I feel does like it, if you're if you're gonna does cast it matter Galactus. to be honest. Honestly, I I kind of think it does because there's a lot of the times when you have like they're talking about um oh crap what's that name David E Grant they're talking about him potentially playing Mephisto in later iterations of MCU Phase Four and stuff like that and I think that's important because Grant is very well spoken 
and he's uh, he's a prolific actor, but he's also like very much a thespian and stuff like that. So I think it's really nice when they cast like the big bad guys as somebody who's very articulate and somebody who's very well spoken. A great example of that is sort of like Ian McKellen with Magneto and stuff like that. So I, I, once again, I'm going off on a tangent. It doesn't really matter who they cast him as. It's just like personally, I would love to see somebody who has like had some sort of background in Shakespeare or something like that. And that would be cool yeah. because then we would also get a Silver Surfer iteration. Um, although the one Doesn't we did suck. get from Fantastic Four wasn't terrible. The movie as a whole was just kind of poo-poo. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> like we're not yeah, talking we, about that, but that, that movie's Galactus. That, no. I don't know oh what that God, was. No. Yeah, yeah, that, that even, was even when they're, yeah, No, even when they're like, oh, it was his ship, really. I'm like, eh. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Why is this ship a big space cloud? Like, make it a you. giant, make it a giant metal planet for all I care. I don't yeah. care. Make it purple, but it's fun. at the very least. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't even have to, because typically it's just silver. But, yeah. but, tip, but it's funny, because to me, the, the, the reason why I don't say, I say it doesn't really matter who he casts. Is because I'm going off the comic. Galactus is also a being made of pure energy because he survived the death of the universe before, yeah. you know, the whatever number universe you're at in the comics, and which typically it's it's the same version of Galactus, even if it's you know the universe is destroyed and brought back, doesn't matter. But because he bonded with his universe's eternity at the heat death of everything so he yeah he's just a being of pure energy he feeds on the energy of planets but what's to be specific it's not just it's usually not just any planet the the reason why he goes into eating those with life is because those planets are also celestial eggs that's why there's life so obviously it takes you know a bajillion years for the egg to hatch but he eats them, specifically the energy, obviously not physically, the energy, and kills off the planet because if he didn't do that, there would be celestials every which away. Yeah. And Earth, the, this comic book, Earth X, is a perfect example of, okay, of Galactus kind of not destroying Earth, but still everything kind of going crazy because everybody gets either, you know, you could say mutated or they get you know, inhumanized, whatever. Something happens because the Earth was threatened, so its defense mechanism was take the human population and make it stronger to give it powers to defend itself. Okay, so, so Earth is a celestial egg, but you know, a bajillion reasons why it's not going to hatch anytime soon. But yeah. that's usually why. But Galactus plays a cosmic role in being the world. The devour of worlds is to keep balance in the universe because if he didn't, there'd be celestials all over the place. All over the place. It's like sort of like a similar idea of what you hear from Thanos with balancing the universe and stuff like that. Like, you know, also oh. sort of harkens back to some interesting philosophies about like, you know, the food running out because of the population if you bring it down in Earth terms and stuff like that. But essentially, even though Galactus eats planets, um, he kills he's, billions. Billions. Essentially, what he's doing is he's creating like a cosmic equilibrium. Essentially, he's allowing sort of the universe to continue by balancing it out. Um, right. And that's sort of like while he is, you know, he does pose a threat. He's simply just doing his cosmic duty in the end, basically. And the Silver Surfer is sort of like the harbinger, sort of like his ward, if you will, if you want to boil it down really that deeply. Yeah. But, like, you know, Silver Surfer is sort of like the recon, you know, checks out the planets. Um, if he even needs to, type thing, you know, assesses threats, then that's where we get the interaction between, you know, Fantastic Four and him. Um, but, yeah, and so there's, like, just as many sort of, like, uh, roles for the Celestials as there are for sort of, like, characters as well, you know? So there's, like, the one that you see in Guardians of Galaxy is Isan the Searcher, and he's utilizing the Power Stone to destroy a planet. Um, not exactly clear why. I know very little about Isan the Searcher, other than his name. Um, but it's he does, also, once again, sort of, like, qualify for Celestial status. Go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah. No, I was interrupting you. But, yeah, a lot of these Celestials have names. Yeah. They don't... They're just tough to keep straight. <laughs> right. They also don't... and. They don't really interact much with beings. Oh, um, 
especially those that they created, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But it's funny because I would just shouldn't say funny. There's a lot of so when they every time they visit Earth, any celestial group that's called a host. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I couldn't tell you really why. I I don't. I'm not even sure Marvel really knows why. But somebody started <laughs> it and they went off on it. So <laughs> Glenn, the intern, know. came up with it, and they were like, "Good job, Glenn. We're gonna call it this from now on." Uh, am I getting paid? No. Anyway, nope. You're fired. Also, clean out your desk. <laughs> um, but so like there was a first host, you know, that came to Earth. They, I think there was. It was the first host that made. They interacted with early humanity. By early humanity, I don't, I, I don't even know how early, but damn early. And they took humanity, and they, they did it. They literally did an experiment. And I would have to say there really was no control group uh, oh, yeah. for this experiment. I don't think there really was. <laughs> I mean, when you're a god, you're not really worried about procedures, I guess. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, there really was a control group. That would be every human who doesn't have superpowers. But <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess even then, eh, maybe not. The control group were monkeys. I don't. I hell if I <laughs> They were the monkeys who didn't have superpower. <laughs> they were the monkeys who didn't become human anyway. <laughs> I don't know. So the three experiment groups, I guess you, you we'll call them that. They were the deviants, humanity, specifically mutants in a way, and the Eternals. I'm gonna get. I want to talk about Group One first. I mean, sorry, not Group One. Group Two. Uh, the humanity, you know, that would just be the everyday people, but they had the X gene specifically for in the future they can evolve and adapt, yeah. mutate when needed when need to. Now, you know, obviously that's where you get some people like I think there's somebody even before Apocalypse, but. There's like another name for them. I'm not going to getting into that because I don't remember. And that's already a That's also a headache. Um, so like Apocalypse is recorded to be the first mutant. Yeah, he's the first one whose X gene truly was recorded to activate. And then throughout history and then with all the nuclear stuff, people are like, oh, that's why there are mutants. Eh, kind of rapid, you know, made it go faster, I would have to say, with nuclear testing and all that junk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then, so that, but that's why people like Bruce Banner, you know, he gets blasted by radiation. He should have been vaporized. Well, his action forcibly was, was unlocked because the yeah. average in Marvel, the average human, everybody's got an X gene. But yep. if you're a mutant, if you're born a mutant, it's, it's, it's turned on when you're born. If you're yep. people, sometimes people like Spider-Man before mm-hmm. the spider was magic. I, we're not getting into that. Before the spider uh, was irradiated, Zach. Yeah. Irradi- listen, I say it was both. I'm like, listen, it, <laughs> the, irra- the radi- irradiated spider. Yeah, the 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 radiation gave him, gave Peter Parker and Sydney Moon their powers. The magic connected them to the to the mul- to the web of destiny in the multiverse. Anyway, yeah. you know, or like Steve Rogers, you know, I would have to say, I would say in a way, he's he's a, you know, eh. Depends. I mean, ask. he has he has the X gene, the X gene, but it's brought about by human means. Right. So and then, it's a, it's a little bit of like a different sort of approach to that, and sort of when you're talking about the X gene, it's important to note sort of like Weapon X and stuff like that, and so okay. you know that being involved with sort of like the secret government program where people the 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 government, the military, and even then we're talking it, about. Yeah, it's it's like, funny because you mentioned. Weapon X, that's ten. Weapon yeah. One was Captain America. Yeah, exactly, and that's I, yeah, that's where I was going. Is that it's the tenth iteration yeah. of it. It's just like this is something that the government has known about, type thing in the Marvel universe. I'm not saying this is happening in real life. Definitely is not a thing. Um, yeah, it's just know. yeah, yeah. For all we know, ooh, this is a conspiracy podcast now. Um, but yeah, essentially, <laughs> what they were doing is they were forcibly. Um, putting people into all different types of environments and sort of like stimulus to sort of force their X gene out of them. And that's how we got Deadpool. That's how we got Wolverine. You know, those were 
that's how we got X-23, that's how we got, you know, Deathstrike, it's just like, the list goes on and on and on. So it provides, like, sort of a nice little catalyst for creating heroes, and it likes little narrative plot points similar to the Celestials and stuff like that. But the Celestials, you know, what Zach is saying is that the Celestials are responsible for the creation of the X-Gene in humanity. And that's what allows the, the mutants to sort of arrive in this timeline of Earth, and therefore it creates sort of the birth of comics, DC and Marvel. And it's just sort of like, you know, that's how it is. I mean, it's not really as, as, as well hearkened on in DC. In DC, it's, it's different, but similar concept. Right. And then there's a lot of these weapon pluses. Again, oh, yeah. And also, we did say this in the beginning of this episode, we're just going to talk. We're not really. We might go on little tangents, but everything is connected for a reason. Yeah, and we are talking about Marvel and DC, as if that's not clear already. So far, we've yeah. mostly talked about Marvel, but we'll probably hit a few DC characters too. Yeah. So the web, you know, Weapon Plus, Mutants, Celestials. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna backtrack a little bit. <laughs> so you know, the, one of the experiment groups were the Deviants. They were like rapid mutations almost uncontrolled um in a way you can think of them as like you know to typical monsters uh but in ancient times they before and i'm going to get to why in ancient times like before even i want to say before or at the same time of caveman era um they they ruled humanity they ruled over humanity, like you know, all of humanity were just slaves. They did whatever they wanted. The Eternals were basically the gods or godlike beings. Mm-hmm. They were not like Thor. They were not like the Asgardians. They're, that's their own. They're their own thing. Yeah. You know, these are these are these people are technically even older than I would say the Asgardians and the Olympians and all those things. They were like peak. I don't want to say human because they were above that, but they were like peak physical organic beings from Earth to the point that they're like, you know what? Uh, we're not going to live on Earth anymore. We're going to leave, literally move to the move to Titan. We're going to move yeah. over to the moon of Jupiter because I guess I guess they could do that. Why not? And they, yeah, they bounced. They left. So all that were left on on Earth was humans and deviants. The Celestials did come back, which I think at this point is the second host. And the demons were like, we're going to rebel because we want to be a ch-. Celestials, like, like, oh, we brought you in this world. We'll take you right out. Whoop, goodbye. They yeah. got rid of the deviants. Most of them, I should say. Because otherwise, yeah. how the heck would we know of them? And they're like, all right, we're going to leave humans here. Uh, bye. And they left. Obviously, Earth wasn't the only thing they experimented on. They experimented on the... Uh, the scrolls. I don't think they yeah. experimented on the Kree, but I they remember did not, what. No. no, they didn't. But they experimented on the scrolls, and did the same thing. You know, rapid mutation, peak human, but on, but on scrollless, I think. Anyhow, and then the scrolls who can't shape shift, whatever. I think, and the planet is called scrollless. Um, the deviant scrolls won out instead, but they also they didn't kill off the eternal scrolls. They like they married. You know, they kept them. I think they they married into, so that's why most scrolls can shape shift, and mm-hmm. even even why you have things like the super scroll who's got the powers of the Fantastic Four, and even other super scrolls who have different powers. Yeah, it's sort of like they're they're married into the abilities essentially. It, it's more of like a, um, I guess you could call it a heritage thing. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely sure if that's the right word, but that's the closest sort of uh descriptor that comes to mind yeah, i guess I, I would say it's it's the shape-shifting is a hereditary thing yeah and then the scrolls funny enough made the kree accidentally so the kree i think when the scrolls interacted with the kree the kree were more primitive i want to say than what we typically think of the kree mm-hmm. they did an experiment on the moon of Earth because apparently Earth is a hub for a lot of crap. Um, I have, beyond me, and it was yeah, like, well. all right, Cree and Quita- in the Quatari, 
who both lived on the same planet. One of you will take over your planet. Build us the best thing you can. Bye. They left. So when they came back, the Kree built a city. But the quarry built a little pocket of oxygen, the blue part of the moon. And that's the only part of the moon with oxygen. And the scrolls were like, and the, you know, the Kree were worried that they, they would lose to the quarry. The Kotari, I can't say their names right. I'm sorry. The Kotari. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so they killed them. And I'm like, all right, first off, rude. Secondly, <sighs> you build a city. Yeah. And like, what? Why would you yeah. lose? So then, the, and then something happened, I'm sure, and then they're like, all right, screw the scrolls, we're going to be at war with them. They've been at war ever since, which is ridiculous. It's like, yeah, that's, I'm like, that's, that's the like thing. the most pettiest grudge I think I've ever heard. Yeah, for the Kree and the scroll, it's not entirely clear um, what the grudge is. It's been linked to, like, a couple different things. Um, the answer is, like, I don't know if you could specifically find it. As far as I know, it just comes to them sort of like what Zach just talked about, them just being the experimental group and it just like having flaws and just like spiraling from there, just like both of them as far as like right. that's sort of like the closest answer that we've really gotten. Um, you know, basically just what you need to know for canon is that the Kree and the Skrull really don't like each other. And yeah. you basically got it covered. You know, the reason isn't at well, this point the reason is so lost in sort of like the canon and just sort of like the abyss of space that it's just sort of it, it's tough to see through the weeds really yeah and then you know i mean if you read now uh apparently the war is over yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that what happened <laughs> yeah uh, listen but it happened for silly reasons but that's okay uh right cosmic stuff so you know you got eternity he's everything you have his sister slash counterpart infinity she is time mm -hmm. i know i didn't mention her but it's literally you have you know if eternity is all of space then infinity is all of time you can't have one without the other you know the celestials i wouldn't you know they're still smaller than eternity and infinity but they're still pretty dang powerful mm -hmm. um oh. who else is there Galactus. You know what? I, I actually I, I want to backtrack a bit. I'm actually remembering something about the Kree and the scrolls that I yeah. So what I said that the that the that the main sort of grudge came from the experimentation. I was actually wrong. Um, we talk about sort of like it, it's known as like the Kree Scroll War, um, the ongoing like thousand year conflict, all that other stuff. Um, but essentially what I'm remembering now is that it was either, was it the scrolls? Um, no. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. The scrolls refused to sort of, um, either, I don't know if it was accept or sort of submit. Those words have different sort of like connotations. It might just be submit, um, because the Kree were able to sort of like build a city and therefore a civilization. Um, but they were they didn't really accept um, the Cree ideologies and then they were therefore sort of like marked as um, outcasts or like on the edge of society and stuff like that. Um, and then Zach when Zach mentioned sort of like Skrullos being destroyed, that turns the scrolls into an endangered species and then sticks them into refuge. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit better for what it is. I'm sorry that I forgot that. That just sort of like popped. I was thinking about it. I was like, I thought I did know the answer and clearly I do. So it comes to just sort of like a basic idea of ideologies and one race of beings sort of just putting it on another race of beings and it's spiraling out of control from there and having, you know, one come out on top and one sort of be in refuge. So just want to retcon that real quick. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry to throw you off course there. That's okay. So, you know, there are other cosmic beings, obviously. All of them are stupid, powerful. Oh, yeah. And even then, if you think about it, it's like how does eternity, how does you know the embodiment of the universe and the embodiment of time have physical forms? There is like a pocket dimension. All I remember, all I know is that it starts with an A, and it's a really long, dumb word, and I can't, I will not try to pronounce this. <laughs> yeah, you run into that a lot with the celestials. You know, you have you have easy ones like Ego and Ison the Searcher, but then you get into sort of right. like 
up and Galactus and you know I guess you could categorize the surfer in there too but like um it's just sort of like even Apocalypse's sort of like OG name before he's known as Apocalypse when he gets to our time it's like Abu Nabdwar like something along and, those lines and, where it's and seven year and what, seven year yeah that's what it's something like that yeah and it's, it's I think it's, it's Egyptian for the first one yeah that's what it is and so like a lot of the times it's in sort of like other languages and you know maybe maybe that's on us that we haven't necessarily learned them but especially with the celestials you get to a point where it's just kind of like a mesh of vowels and consonants and it's just sort of like pronunciation goes out the window you know at least with apocalypse it's egyptian and stuff like that but yeah it's it's that's something you run into pretty frequently with these guys yep and so it's... don't don't fault us for that because we're gonna we're gonna try our best to pronounce them yeah but i well i'm not even gonna try to pronounce this part this 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 being's name yeah. because i know i'm gonna butcher it but they like it's it have it so they they visit this place in like literally i would say at a seconds like before you you can even begin to think they're there they get a body they come right back to it yep. so because otherwise you're trying to see them in their true form your brain it doesn't matter who you are your brain's gonna explode like yeah. even go like even before eternity can speak to galactus he's gotta go get his body and then come right back it's like okay he has to have a form of which galactus can't comprehend and that's that's saying something for being made of pure energy who survived the heat death of his own universe but you know True. so marvel i think has a lot more celestial cosmic level beings even beyond that marvel i mean sorry not marvel dc has some mm-hmm. uh but they're not as i don't even want to say frequent they're not as plentiful i would say yeah true they're they're smaller in numbers much smaller in numbers much smaller numbers um they do have their own version of the one above all it's called the presence yeah. um and depending you know presence is barely really made an appearance i'd say and I also want to say we might mention some of the DC Vertigo stuff, which is their their magic side of of things that don't interact with the superhero stuff, because it's like because Vertigo has stuff like a lot of Hellblazer stuff, a lot of Lucifer, mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, the Sandman, like Dreaming, like Morpheus. Those guys don't typically interact with the the with with the superhero side they do their own thing because god forbid we have superman meet lucifer morningstar that 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 would no, i don't even know <laughs> i couldn't even imagine yeah yeah and lucifer right? morningstar also technically qualifies as a quote-unquote super celestial he's sort of up in there with this, like dark side i would even say before like better than dark side because he oh definitely because in his comics He's responsible for the creation, part of the creation of everything. Yeah. You know, um, and was like, oh, it's God. It's like, eh, well, he still had help. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this man, I think he created, he, he created literally stuff out of nothing. He broke things down into nothing. He's like, he's done a bunch of crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. And, so it's more of the more a little bit more of a familiar form of a god that we would understand yes and outside I'm, of and, comics and i'm sorry to say this people yes i know we're talking about the <laughs> the devil but he Gotta was an angel up. at some point yeah so he did start there but um a damn good netflix a damn good show on netflix that they have right now i'm just gonna say that it's really funny if you haven't seen it please check it out it is so good but um let's see presence and lucifer right there's people there's um beings called the endless and i'm pretty sure most of their names start with a d which is pretty funny you you know you got despair you have um i can literally only name three right now and i am and i am so sorry i can't name the others but these ones i think are from least important to most important, I'd say, or most interesting, despair. You know, just a sibling of. No, sorry, it's desire, desire and despair. They're siblings of death and dream. Mm-hmm. So death is well, it's death. And it's funny 
because death, there's so many people that, you know, in DC that represent death. It's like, yeah, you represent death, but you aren't death. Even yeah. death, death is even spoken to people like Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor's like, you're death? And she's like, yeah, what? Are you expecting like a, a scythe and a hood? Expecting a dude? Yeah. yeah. You're expecting a skeleton? Like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Lady you Death comes ha- out with Deadpool a bunch too, not, which is also not, pretty yeah, cool. Well, that's Marvel's. That's Marvel's version of Marvel's Earth, version, but, they, but I'm just drawing parallels. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, and that's that. Which I would say she's she's the typical Grim Reaper that we think of. But yeah. DC's death is like, I mean, I am death. You know, you got people like Black Flash and the Black Racer and other, and you know, Necron. It's like, yeah, they kind of they don't speak for me. They're not really my servants. They're they're more like they're obsessed. <laughs> I think she's just like she's like. Yeah, they don't really count. I am death. Like even those people could die, and I have to take them. Yeah, like, I am the incarnate, and they're just kind of like posers, you know. Yeah, that's really what it is. And it's funny because the way she looks, she looks like a young, like I want to say somebody in her twenties. She's got like a black onk tattoo like on her face, and it's so funny. <laughs> to if you, if if you haven't listened to the Sandman audiobook, like. I don't even think I can call it a book. That's more like a like a audio play, really. Mm. Um, or even read uh, the, the original Sandman graphic novels. Like, do one of those two things. I'd say listen because you're getting the production in your ears, and it's yeah. Like, I would say the first two volumes of the ser- the original series. But you know, Death is so to me is so funny because she looks like so unassuming, and her brother Morpheus or dream is not even the god of dreams i would say he is he is just dreams he is the sandman um to, and it was like and it's like you know to see them interact because sometimes morpheus is like like you know down in the dumps a little bit or like oh, this is my fate he she's just like can you like stop <laughs> stop being a downer you are not our sibling despair get over yourself and i'm like <laughs> Did, De- did Death tell Dream to grow a pair? Like, excuse me? Yeah, the but, dialogue between the two of them gets pretty comical yes, at points. Yeah, and it's funny, and it, what's interesting, and I didn't really learn about this until I listened to the Sandman book on Audible. They appear different to everybody. I believe, at so, and this is, again, this is the early, the original, so they had a little bit of, like, interactions with, like, the Justice League and stuff. Not really. But a little bit. Um, Morpheus met with, I think it was Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. I don't remember which who it was. It definitely wasn't Jaime Reyes. This was like long before Jaime Reyes was even a thing. But he met with Martian Manhunter, and Martian Manhunter called him something else. And so, and other people, and like throughout history, have called him something else. You know, he's Morpheus. He's um, I don't remember what Martian Manhunter called him. He literally appears to everybody as their faith of dream. If you don't believe, you know, if you're like, oh, well, there's only God, it's like, all right, so he kind of looks like a dude. Mm -hmm. But if you existed, you know, in a, if you, if your culture is uh, polytheistic, he will appear as whatever God of dreams there is for that yeah. culture and it, it, that's just who he is huh, and un- yeah and unfortunately for him his neighbors i'm pretty sure cain and abel oh that's hilarious <laughs> that makes and sense. i don't remember which one one of them has this has a really bad stutter i'm pretty sure it's um i think it's cain right it was either cain or abel well one of them killed whoever killed the other one is the jerk and the okay yeah did. so it's cain yeah so now cain killed abel so abel was the one with I don't, whatever. I don't remember. But it's really funny, especially to listen to that, because just to hear them interact, it was just like, you moron. It's like, but, 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 um, but I'm not a moron. It's like, it's just, was really funny to me. I love that. These, these gods quabbling is just like, not even like, God. Yeah. Just, the, the first, just sort of first, like, <laughs> yeah, almost thrown away. Like this, the first kind of humans is like squabbling. And it's like, oh, this is pretty funny. But, <laughs> you know, DC has other, cosmic level beings the phantom stranger um that's a perfect example he i want to say what's his marvel equivalent 
I can't even think of his Marvel equivalent, to be honest. The, of the Phantom Stranger? Yeah, I don't really think that... The Phantom Stranger is like he... He I mean, watches... I don't even think there really is an equivalent, but he... He usually just watches what happens in the universe, in I the mean, world. I guess it's... It, it would technically... Like, if you're gonna draw, like, as close of a parallel as you could... In the Marvel Universe, it would probably be the Watcher, but I would say that the Phantom Stranger lives up to his role as an Observer much better than the Watcher does. <laughs> I would actually say neither one of them live up to that role. But <laughs> True, but I think the, the Watcher, there there are timelines with the Watcher where it's just like, it's like okay, all right, I thought bro, you were you supposed broke... to not be involved in this at all, and he's like very much orchestrating the whole thing. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, the Phantom Stranger interacts a lot less than I think the Watcher does, than the yeah. Uatu the Watcher, which is funny to me. But depending on which version of the Phantom Stranger, which era, um, you know, he's been anywhere, everywhere from just a guy to uh, Judas. And that's yeah. why, and that's his pun, is he wears the, I don't remember how many, how much silver that was. He wears that silver as a necklace, as a reminder. This is your job. You're going to walk the world, the universe, endlessly, basically. Yep. Uh, and to make up for your giant sin, and I think I think there was a comic where one of the silver fell off the necklace, and it's like, great. It took you all this time for one to fall off. To get you one. Have Ooh, many, I haven't yeah, read that one. Yeah, so you have how many more? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dang, oh, bro, Jesus. you're, you're, you're going to be doing this forever. He's more, I would say he's more like the just... I'm gonna drop. As I want to draw parallels to him to, with another character, he's more like the justice side. Of like you know, you gotta do it the right way, the good way. Yeah. And his parallel, his opposite, most people would say, the, the, the specter. The yeah. specter is God's man of vengeance. He is like, listen, I don't know whether he was an angel or not. Who knows? But that's his job. His job is to give vengeance, to punish the wicked. You know, however, however way possible, he's been a lot of different. He's had hosts. The first one and the main one is Jim Corrigan, and it was funny. He actually was a member of the Justice Society, and I always find that pretty hilarious to me. This is like, dude, you were literally on the same team as Jay Garrick Flash, the of these mortal men, these beings who could die, all except for Doctor Fate. And you are just God's <laughs> man of vengeance. Like, what? You yeah. are the team, in a way. You are the team. <laughs> If you felt like it, no bad guys. Goodbye. You're yeah, done. Yeah, for real. Like, take just a seat, dude, because, like, you you got serious scoliosis from carrying the team on your back. Like, Yeah, hardcore. seriously. Like, and he, a perfect example, if you can, you can definitely find this. If you either, if you, especially on, like, HBO Max, if you watch the Superman Shazam versus Black Adam movie, because I'm pretty sure that's, like, a lot of DC showcase movies all wrapped up in one, and um, if I remember correctly, the Spectre is one of them. He gets vengeance against the people, against the wicked, in such a karmic way. It, I don't want to spoil it too much of the premise, but there, you know, if, if a monster, if a movie monster maker you know, who makes, like, the suits and whatever, and he committed a murder, the Spectre would get back at him by bringing all his creations to life and having them kill him. There you go. Yeah, that's a great example. And, and it's just like, oh, well, spoilers. well it, that's not a spoiler. But, um, it really isn't. That's why I'm I said just, without revealing Oh, without? Spoilers. Yes. Sorry. I heard with, I said, oh, spoilers. No. But, no. like, like, you know, and, and then you're thinking, well, those things might just be robots. Well, you know, yeah, you hit hit things, hit one thing's head off. You, the Spectre's in charge. He'll just make it grow ahead. Who knows? Who cares? He literally <laughs> defies everything. Okay, this man uh, committed. I'm gonna grab this from an episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold because I thought it was hilarious, and he was voiced by Mark Hamill. I'm pretty sure, which is fantastic. The Spectre was. Up, yeah, the the Batman teamed up with the Spectre. Beat this to stop this criminal who stole jewels or stuff with rats. Mm. Uh, don't don't know why that that was the main shtick. I guess he no he was not called the the rat tamer or the whatever the pied piper. 
That was not who it was. But it was funny because, you know, Batman's like, we don't do this, you know, let justice handle it. Inspector's like, all right, fine. And then obviously, obviously, uh, put my hand, you know, cross my fingers. I lied to you. He comes back, turns the man to cheese and lets the rats go. I'm like, <laughs> oh, all right, good. So he is very karmic. You know, if somebody's trying to, somebody's a speed driver, he's trying to run away from a crime. Um, you, he, he won't let you die from the car crash you're going to have, and he'll bring your car back to perfect health, and you'll, he'll have it run you over. Yep. yep. It's like, okay, like, any karmic way you think you can, of somebody dying, the Spectre will do it. He does not care. Yeah. He's very, he loves to swing that hammer of karma. Oh, yeah, he swings around that's wildly. A, yeah, that's a perfect description right there. Nothing else to add right there. That's the Spectre. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, other cosmic beings of DC. I'm, I know we've spoken about the Anti-Monitor before. Um, Ooh, yeah. But well, we haven't spoken about his brothers. So, and this is a bit of a retcon. There used to be multiple monitors. There's an Anti-Monitor, there's a monitor. First there was one, then there were several, now there's one again. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. I, the, the multiple, I think they just was like, oh, it's, that makes no sense, but whatever. Also, I'm pretty sure the universe was uh, killed and brought back, and then it was killed again, so whatever. The multiverse. Eh. Doesn't matter. DC yeah. retcons a lot of times. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the monitor is the opposite of the anti-monitor. You know, he's powered by the multiverse. Meanwhile, the anti-monitor is just powered by the antimatter universe. So, shows you how pretty damn powerful he is. If, this, if one guy needs a bunch of universes, the other guy only needs one. Yep. But he's the good brother. And then there's, I don't want to call him the middle child, but I, but that's the equivalent. If the, if this is the older and the younger, youngest brother, you know, beating each other up, you get the middle child, the world forger who makes the universes that exist or the timelines, the worlds that exist. You and know? therefore sort of like keeps his brother's powers in check in a way, in a way. Yeah. And then, you know, you got. The oh, if it was it was retcon that also the anti monitor was powered by the anti life equation. Um, yeah, that was changed. That yeah, that was changed. That was also I remember when I learned that I'm like that's a little silly, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got their mom. You got Perpetua. I know we've spoken about Perpetua. Oh she, yeah. So have you ever watched Justice League or even read any comic that starts with the beginning of the universe? It usually just looks like a like a like a galaxy in a giant hand. Apparently, that was Perpetua's hand before she when she started the first multiverse. Huh. I mean that makes sense. I never thought about it like that though. Yeah, obviously that's a retcon probably because if you go back and look at any of them, the the hand looks very. I don't want to say masculine, but. Definitely not Perpetua's hands. Yeah, but that's that's okay. That's like yeah, that's just a representation, though, so we can we can allow it. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I couldn't tell you. Um, so you know, she is beyond above the DC multiverse. She's like, listen, I'm also an experiment by these beings that live in the omniverse, which I know we've spoken about. The omniverse just encompasses everything, like. The real universe, the, our universe, Marvel, DC, Spawn, Sonic, Mar- Mario, whatever. You know, it encompasses all universes, all things of ex- in existence. You know, that's super giant big brain. We're not going to get into that, that that much, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> trying to keep this relatively simple, trying to avoid the headache here. <laughs> yeah. So Omniverse is a thing. We don't really talk about it that much. Yeah. But yeah, so there's you know what I say, Perpetua, her her children. You got the fifth dimensional imps like Mister Mixispitlik. Oh uh, yeah, that guy I forgot. Yeah, there are no vowels in that name, only hard consonants. Yeah. He is like, I don't want to. I think he's the equivalent of us. Like he views, he views the the characters in the comics as that they're like this is stories. You know, you got Mixie Spitlick, and you have people like 
Batmite, who is yeah. just a Bat-themed, uh, Batman-themed hip. Yeah, Batman he's sort of, hip. he's Batman like, uh, if, if, if sort of like one of us was raised to his proportion, it sort of gives him sort of a, like, I guess voyeuristic viewpoint of like sort of what's going on. Like, he's sort of like outside of it, but at the same time is also ingrained in it and when i say it i say sort of like humanity simply because of his role and just sort of like the station that he's been brought to um but yeah it's an interesting role yeah he's also just a pain in the ass to be honest oh yeah he sucks to deal with because it's just like oh you're gonna fight me i turned the car into a monster good luck it's like yeah have fun (laughs) It's like, God damn it, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, ugh, it was really funny. I just love that. But, you know, there's what other cosmic beings for DC? Um, there, you can well, do an area that like, I'm unfamiliar with. I know Antimater and Mr. Spitlick or whatever and Perpetua and all that. But, like, I'm, I'm much more familiar with the Celestials of marvel that i am of dc yeah. starting to I would get say, into less of my understanding here yeah i would say dc kind of you know marvel tries to set rules even for the cosmic stuff yeah dc plays it a little fast and loose i feel mm-hmm. not necessarily bad but definitely fast and loose certain you know, amount of retconning involved yeah a little too much too much retconning I would even say, if you want to qualify him, Doctor Manhattan is kind of a cosmic being because of just what he can do. I would and, qualify him. And even what he's what he did to the main DC universe, you know, with the Doomsday Clock and yeah. Rebirth and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And they, well, we spoke about like the magic. You know, then you have universe. You know, you got Dark Side. You have the the New Gods. Um. Heaven, Hell, The Dreaming, you know, a bunch of, literally, like, DC, it's funny, when DC plays with their this stuff fast and loose, and yet they have a map to the multiverse, like, I don't, are you, are you putting limit, rules here, you take, like, what are you doing here? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it's, For real. like, DC, DC plays it fast and loose, meanwhile, they're trying to make some rules, it's like, you can't, you gotta, you can't do yeah. both. Yeah, I think they realize that. That's why with their new Infinite Frontier initiative, it's not. I would say this isn't. It's not really a retcon. It's more like a ret forward. That's not a. That's not a word. That's not a phrase. Oh, a ret opposite. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, they didn't change the past, but they definitely, you know, broke their own rules for the future. Um. Yeah. You know, there is no source wall. There's a whole infinite, there's infinite universes. There could even technically be a whole infinite multiverse, infinite multiverses if you want to go to that length. Um, I think the Infinite Frontier starts next week, so there's a lot of issue ones for a lot of things. Um, and I would say anything that wasn't already running, but not anything that still was running, they're just going to get the Infinite Frontier tag on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Throw it on. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what's going on. And I know we talked a lot about cosmic stuff. We're going to talk about some MCU. We're not talking about Wandavision spoilers because that, with uh, at the time of this recording, it just came out. So yeah, and also I haven't seen it yet. Yes. So if you talked about spoilers, I would leave the podcast forever. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't do that. But also, even even giving a week, I feel like. It's not enough, which is which is even more than what the internet sometimes gives you. I swear, I wake up every Friday, and I see something on like Instagram or something where it's like swipe for spoilers of this episode. I'm like, I'm like, the episode just came out. Can you yeah. stop? There's like, always people. There's always people like that. You know, we'll 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 wait a decent amount of time before we talk about the end of WandaVision if we feel we need to talk about the end of WandaVision so that you guys can fully enjoy the experience. So that we don't, you know, become one of those fact-checking crazy podcasts that's trying to get the scope on everything the second that it comes out. Because we're not like that. We just like to sort of yeah. like sit and enjoy and like do our own thing. And we also don't want to make it worse for you guys. Because I know I've 
you know, I've been streaming or I've been reading a book or something like that. And somebody's been like, oh, yeah, have you gotten to this part? And it spoils like a huge section of the game. And we yeah, don't want to do like, that to you guys. Yeah, just like, damn it. Yeah, but, exactly. It's like, why so am I not talk about? Yeah, we're not going to talk about WandaVision. But in, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier, that Ooh. I think is going to be interesting because you have three, I don't want to call them villains. You have Baron Zemo. Yeah, we can go antagonist. Baron Zemo. You've got Flag Smasher and hit and Ultimatum. You know, down. I don't even call it. They're not even really anarchists. I don't know what they are because they don't even really believe in anarchy. Uh, they yeah, might. it's it's, but it's, it's more, like any, I mean, it's like anarchy with like their own sort of defined code. Yeah, it's like you know any form of government, get rid of it. Um, yeah. U.S. agent, who's I looks like he might be the replacement of the the government funded replacement for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Also, I and I apologize in the future if this becomes a spoiler. I swear, if they start the first episode with with the funeral of Steve of Captain America, I'm going to cry. Oh, dude, that would be so heartbreaking. Oh, I can't like don't do that to me. What's 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 after that? Um. Spider-Man, No Way Home, that is the yep. official title now. Yeah, that just got announced, too. Yeah, after three references uh, to the past. Yeah, all the fake references. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, fo- no, it was Phone Home, I'm pretty sure referencing Tom Holland's first movie, and Homewrecker yep. referencing Andrew Garfield either breaking his house as Peter mm-hmm. Parker or just being, you know, Mr. Steelier Girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, and Home Slice, Pizza Time. Pizza Time. Pizza Time. But, um, you know, that, can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see how, if, I, I, no, I say if. Even though people are like, oh, it's already confirmed. It's still kind of an if. If he actually speak, you know, the, he interacts with other Spider-Men from, if we get a live action Spider-Verse. Now, if we don't get a Miles Morales, I honestly would say, that's okay because yeah, he doesn't it, exist in the mcu it would be nice to see a live action version at some point i don't think we need it right now especially since he's still very much steeped in sort of like animation and sony and the yeah. spider-verse coming out i don't think we need him right now if they do just as good with the next spider-verse one which i'm sure they will because the first one was fantastic yeah he's also got plenty of recognition with his new issues his new arcs um, he's got that new game. I'm putting that in quotation marks because personally, I think it should have been a DLC. Doesn't mean I don't love it as much, but <laughs> you know, he's still very much steeped in sort of the media aspect. I think he needs to get a little bit more of a canon standing um, within live action before we introduce him. Yeah, well, I mean, you have his uncle from the first Spider-Man. Yeah, was he's like, yo, I got a cousin. I mean, uh, sorry, it's like, yo, I got a nephew. Yeah. Oh, what's your name? Okay. We all know your your nephew is Miles Morales. Cool. Plus, Peter disappeared for five years, then, um, and Miles didn't. Mm -hmm. He could have aged up. You know, I'd be okay with that. It'd be a little weird, but I'd be okay with that. It'd be be nice to see sort of a younger one, too, um, for Miles Morales, a younger representation as well. Um, but at the same time, once again, I, I don't think we need to be rushed with that. He's still such a new Spider-Man just in the comics as is that mm-hmm. I think we should just, I think we should wait a little bit. Also, we got enough projects going as it is, and I think we should just see how phase four is going to pan out before we think it, about introducing. Yeah. You know, Miles. if it ends with Young Avengers forming, I would be very happy, yeah. but also a little concerned. Yeah. And by, so, already through rumors and through confirmed stuff, you know, again, we're not going to talk about the ending of WandaVision, but you have their kids, you know, mm-hmm. Billy and Tommy, Wiccan and Speed. You got, technically speaking, you have, you could have Patriot show up in Falcon Winter Soldier. I doubt it, but you could. It's true. You could. Yeah, there is a possibility for that. And but I, I think what you're mentioning about with Young Avengers, I think if I think if if we're gonna go into Young Avengers, it, it's like way 
in the future from where we are now. Like, I think, I think, I don't even know if we could do that at the end of phase four. I think we would have to get a Miles Morales standing before we institute the Young Avengers because I think. Yeah, exactly. Necessarily, you could say you wouldn't even need him. I think we should because I think Spider Man is progressing to the point. He's getting enough media recognition. I think it's time for us to start thinking about bringing in a Spider Man of color. Um, because there's no talks at all about Cindy Moon or anything like that. I think we need to get a little bit more representation going, and I think Miles could be a really good way to do that, because obviously we have Black Panther, but at the same time, a very large, the majority of the MCU at this point, at least in um, the cinematic universe, is just white. So I think a smart, a very smart move would to be to make it multicultural. And I think Miles gives us an excellent window for that. Um, I also think that Ironheart would give us an excellent window for that if they chose to go that confirmed. route. That is, um, that is happening. Yeah, and that, that is happening, happening too. So I think what they're going to do is maybe they'll start there and then hopefully we can get like a new Iron Man and Spider-Man dynamic because personally, I like the Iron Man and Spider-Man dynamic, but... I've got some issues with it. I don't think Tony Stark would relate to Peter as well as he would in the movies. That's my own personal thing, but I think he could give us a chance for a new dynamic, which is something that I'm potentially excited for um, now that that is, in fact, happening. But, yeah, yep. that's kind of where we're standing with that. I think yeah, it and then you, fun. you get Hulkling at the Secret Invasion. Oh, yeah. You get, um, get Ironheart to replace Iron Lad. Not because we don't really need. Honestly, we could Lad. we could skip over. Honestly, Iron Lad might just be thrown in there simply because Kang is showing up. He's been confirmed, and I think I, I think it would be a mistake yeah, if they threw yeah, Iron Lad. Everybody, in there. when you go see Ant Man three, bring bring some Advil. I'm sure oh, yeah, you're gonna sure. it. <laughs> yeah, because Kang is definitely. I think they're they're probably gonna do something similar like they did in Endgame, where they're just like. So all of that Back to the Future stuff is bullshit? I think they're going to do that with Kang, where they're just like, oh, all of this time stuff you thought made sense in Endgame? Yeah, now it makes even less sense. So yeah. I think that's kind of where they're going to go with that. No, um, I that think, being so, said, I'm I interested to see how it plays out. And I would love this. If it's like, all that Back to the Future stuff is bullshit, it's like, and, you know, Professor Hulk is like, yeah, Kang's like, wrong. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh. for real. It's like, no. It's just like, it's just like you're going to talk to the, to the doctor on who's the expert on gamma radiation, radiation about quantum mechanics and stuff. Nah, we don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, for real. He's like, it's I have three like, different versions of me existing in this room right now. And you don't even know it. <laughs> like, that's basically up. where Kang is at. Dude, if, they, if they're like, oh, it's Kang. Oh, look, there's a Mortis. Who? Uh, me. Yeah. Oh, that's Oh, me my too. God. Yeah. I would lose my mind. That would be cool. I'd be interesting to see Mortis, but once again, I think they need to be careful because already with Endgame, when we got into the time travel stuff, we had some sort of potentially messy little okay. loopholes if you read into it. So I think Kang is Kang is going to be an interesting challenge for yep. Ant-Man 3 to see like how they embody him and how they end the movie because I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to be able to do that without a cliffhanger. Breaking? Yeah, well, or, like, or just like breaking sort of the understood sort of quantum restraints of Ant Man that they're inevitably going to throw in there with Kang. Well, so I, that's probably, I would have to say, I don't, I don't yeah, I would have to say whatever rules they're trying to make, they're going to try to make up for the, all the crap look he's going to pull in his show because yeah. he's definitely time hopping through. T- he's definitely hopping through timelines. Oh, for and sure. That's, and that's just that's just going to be funny. And I swear, he's hopping through timelines. Wanda's messing with reality. Currently in small form, and mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange is somewhere with a freaking headache. Like God damn these two! I'm I supposed to, to fix be their protecting crap. this, and they're making it a huge mess. <laughs> yeah, I also, and I just want to say a few things. <laughs> it's funny to me in Thor three, the end of Doctor Strange, he goes, "I keep my eye out for key threats yeah. to the yeah. universe." Infinity War. Thanos is coming. Who? Who? Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> we talked about this the other day. It's so oh, ridiculous. Yeah. What is the job exactly? Protecting your reality, dumbass. Thanos is coming. Who is that? Like, what? <laughs> Isn't that like, <laughs> a complete job? Job's by you? <laughs> yeah, it's your job. 
what the heck are you doing? What are you I doing, just like Strange? I just like to think he went, he went and looking, he was looking in like pocket dimensions and stuff. He wasn't looking in the universe. It's like, it's like a threat to universe that could probably destroy everything from the outside. Yeah. Thanos is on the inside. No idea. It's was like, that, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, you existed in this universe, so I don't have to look at you. Well, yeah. but th- if you think about like, what if, you know, what if, uh, well, yeah, it's another plug. It's a what order. if, oh yeah, what if, you know, Doctor Strange noticed Thanos' shenanigans beforehand. Maybe he would have prevented everything. Who knows? Yeah, but love- unfortunately, yeah. timeline of Doctor Strange being introduced is a little fuzzy, so. Yeah, well. Eh, what can it, you do? Uh, you can ask what if. You can ask what if. Right. Ooh, look at this guy, the PR director over here. There we go. Marvel, <laughs> hire me. Anyway. Marvel, sponsor us. <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, before we go on too far off of a tangent. Uh, too um, far off? Yeah, right. Not too far off. Um, Want to just sort of. Off the world. Yeah, exactly. And then it becomes a whole sort of issue. So, this is sort of just sort of a nice little brief overview of sort of the Celestials, you know, the big sort of heavy hitters of the MCU and. Or, excuse me, the, the Marvel comics and the DC comics. Very briefly touched on in the MCU by seeing Isan the Searcher, as well as Ego and Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. Um, And so, yeah, that's just sort of like a nice little brief overview and hopefully a little bit of a break for you guys. We talked about big picture stuff, but we tried to keep it in simple terms. Um, That way you guys could not have to take six acetaminophen for this episode. (laughs) Uh, By the way, don't ever take six acetaminophen. It's horrible for your liver. So, (laughs) um, but before we go on an even weirder tangent, join us next time for somebody. We're going to talk about somebody back on the earth, free plane. 